You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's normally him. But today, we've got a special guest. Uh, it's time for the third Saturday in October. I'm not exactly sure if that's what it is this year. I hadn't done the math, but uh, I think it could be. Instead, we're going to have Eric Kane from Locked On Vols join us to talk about Alabama and Tennessee coming up this weekend. Eric, how's it going, bud? Yeah, it's going well, man. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Um, first of all, were you hit by any flying objects? Just, you know, just just a question I think I ask all my guests. Were you hit by any flying objects last Saturday? You know, I came close. I came close. I was actually on the field because that was supposed to be the end of the game. And, of course, uh, it, it got uh, it got paused there for about 25 minutes. But game close, but no cigar. See what I did there, third Saturday in October? Uh, no, I, I did not get hit, to answer your question. You could have been hit by a cigar. We saw a mustard bottle. We saw a golf ball. It was like a, a treasure hunt or a scavenger hunt. You know, you, you got to find a golf ball, a mustard bottle, a Dasani water bottle, all these things. Um, in all seriousness, though, how is that whole situation being treated up there? And how do you think that's going to affect the mindset of the football team coming into this weekend? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's been it's certainly been a talking point. I mean, it was it was a it was a big talking point earlier in the week, and as the week gone has gone on, it's kind of been less and less of a thing as you expect. But you saw the SEC came out and and fined Tennessee uh, twenty five or excuse me two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and um, you know so so that's that. And the athletics director for Tennessee, Danny White, kind of said, "All right, well, we'll take it and we'll move on." And you know, so it was it was a big conversation earlier in the week, but you know, the more is. As far as the team's concerned, it's not. I, I feel like it's not going to be anything for the team. I mean, the team—they uh, were just sitting there on the field the entire time, just trying to finish this ball game. And then once the delay was finally over, Tennessee forces a three and out, returns a punt for a big gain, and then had a chance, had two shots to win that football game against Ole Miss. So it didn't look like it affected the team whatsoever in real time. And you know, they're 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 in their own little world. I mean, you're when you're a student athlete, you're so robotic and with your schedule and. And all that, I, I, they're not. I mean, you see the outside noise, of course, but you're not living by it. So, wouldn't expect it at all to be a distraction for the players. But it has been a little bit of something for the fan base this week, and of course, fan bases from all around college football. Yeah, it's certainly a thing, and I think that it's going to be one of those moments that may affect the way people are allowed into a stadium, at least a, a Power Five, big deal kind of stadium for a while. I mean. It's uh, it was just a surreal thing to watch on that Saturday night. But um, you know, again, I, I do hate the fact that a few people and and I mean, everybody says, well, there's more than a few. I mean, I think it was a few people uh throwing a bunch of stuff, and and then some other people caught on and got into it. Um, certainly nobody went in with the idea, hey, I'm going to be throwing this golf ball on the field later. I don't know why he had a golf ball with him. That's still bizarre to me. But, uh, you know, maybe it was his lucky golf ball. I don't know. I mean, people have traditions. Who knows? Superstitions. Um, Regardless, so you don't feel like this will distract the team at all or or maybe take away from their ability to get ready for the big game this weekend? No, no, not at all. Uh, Again, it was, um, you know, it's it's such a – 
such a point of emphasis, you know, from the outside with the fans. It's it's not going to be a home game this weekend. Um, you know, I, I really don't think it's going to have that that type of effect on uh, on the student athletes. Now, again, again, the fans. You know, if, it, it's right. I'm glad you said just a few fans because I mean, it's you know that that place was packed 102,455. I mean, we're talking a couple hundred, and uh, in the grand scheme of things, that is that is less than one percent almost. You know, and uh, it's unfortunate because there were so many. So many people there, and, and so and that that atmosphere was so electric on Saturday night. Um, it, it's it was as live as it's been in in quite some time. I mean, it really was. You had the of course you had the checkered kneeling, you had the light show. Um, you know, the team ran out through the tee with the spotlight. I mean, it was it was really really cool. And I I just hate, I really do just hate that that is the that is the talking point moving forward because number one, it was a good game. Number two, without the incident at the end. The officiating certainly was going to be the the main takeaway, and then number three, obviously, you lost that football game. But um, you know, we'll have to see it's happened in the past. It happened that weekend again in London with no home fan base <laughs> presence. Um, it, it's unfortunate. Obviously, not making any excuses. It's it's a black eye. It's ugly. But um, as far as the team's concerned in preparation for this football game, I, I don't see it being an issue. And I don't think I don't think Josh Heifel is going to make it. Uh, you know, he, he wouldn't allow that to be a distraction for his team. All right, Eric, I, we're due for a break, but I want to ask you this really quickly. I have been railing on instant replay. First of all, there's nothing instant about it. It takes forever. <laughs> it ruins the momentum of, of the game, the flow of the game. Secondly, there was a very clear fumble by an Auburn player in the Arkansas game this past weekend that they said his forward progress were stopped. I've never heard that before when somebody's in the air. His forward progress has stopped. Makes no sense to me. Uh, there was a catch by Slade Bolden for Alabama that was a clear catch, called a catch on the field, and then they overturned it somehow. When every announcer and the little official guy they bring in said, "Yeah, they're not. This is this is going to be upheld. This is a catch," and then they overturn it. And then I would take it a step further and say instant replay had something to do with the Tennessee situation in this in this sense. I do think they got the call right. That's the irony. I mean, he reached out with the wrong hand. I do think they got the call right. However, the problem was because there was instant replay, what it did was give false hope to Tennessee fans. Like, we might get this overturned. We might get this overturned. And you have all this, you know, angst built up. And then by the time they get to it, and even though it's the right call, the fans have already put it in their heads. We're going to get this first down and keep going. And that just sent them into a frenzy. I'm not excusing Tennessee fans either. I'm saying – that what replay does is uh, it holds up the game unnecessarily. And we get the same amount of mistakes in general as we do with a live call. So I don't understand why we have it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a replay is an issue, not just in college football, sports wide. I mean, in major league baseball, why have instant replay when you continue to get it wrong in the national football league, we have the same conversation every single week. As far as the play at the end of the game, I mean, yeah, I think if you went and asked 10 Tennessee football fans, I think eight out of 10 would say, hey, going back, looking at it, from where they spotted the football, yes, it was probably the right play. Now, and I've said on this podcast as well, Locked on Balls, if they would have given the spot, the line to gain, and then reviewed it, I, I think that stands as well. Um, I, I don't think there's any way you can possibly overturn where the officials spotted the football. It was just that close. The the big blunder in this football game was back in the first quarter when everybody's going full speed, and then Matt Corral just stops. And Tennessee goes back there, tosses him to the ground, rips that football out, and Tyler Barron runs for a scoop and score touchdown. And they blow the play dead, and they say that 
Uh, forward progress will stop, therefore no fumble, therefore no Tennessee touchdown. Yeah. Just a complete mis misevaluated call and all that type of stuff. So is that the reason Tennessee lost the game? I don't believe so. It was back in the four, uh, back in the first quarter, but that was the big you know takeaway from that football game, and that went to replay as well. So or that that uh, did not go to replay because it ended up not being a reviewable play. So that's the frustrating part about it. But instant replay, it it hangs things up. You don't get it right half the time, and I feel like if you don't. If you go and look at the call and you don't, you spend 30 seconds and it's not clearly obvious, boom, you move on and uh, whatever's the call on the field is the call on the field. You know, those officials Saturday night, what they could have probably used is sweat block. Sweat block wipes, we've been talking about them for a few weeks now. These wipes stop sweat for seven days, and it seems people have been listening to us. We have friends on Locked On who have tried sweat block. They all love it. I've, talk, I've heard about this high school teacher. We have a story here about this high school teacher who uh, he pit out by the fourth period. I think that's what the kids say now. They, they start sweating in their pits, et cetera. He'd hear the snickers and whispers from his students. So he started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. And that just, that's a pain in the butt. Then he heard about sweat block on our program. He tried it and is now hooked. No more Snickers, no more wet shirts, no more second shirts. That's a big deal. Then there was a Hollywood producer who uh, works on Marvel movies. Maybe you've heard of Marvel. It's kind of a big thing. I love it. Uh, she was working 18 hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. She heard about sweat block, started trying it and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it. Maybe the green one, maybe the one in the armor, maybe uh it rhymes with clack meadow. I, I don't know, but one of those uh, used it and loved it. So look, Sweatblock, go to sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off that order, or you can go to Amazon and CVS and get Sweatblock, but you won't get the 20% discount. You need to go to sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on to get that discount. Eric Kane, Luke Robinson here on a locked on Vols and Bama crossover edition as the third Saturday in October, just now days away. Tennessee will be traveling to Alabama for a seven o'clock Eastern time kick. And and look, I wanna I wanna get in here and get your your thoughts on this. I mean, Tennessee and, and, and Alabama, such a historical rivalry, one of the best in college football. Obviously, much like everybody on Alabama's schedule the last 14 years, it has been completely one-sided. Uh, but when you look at this matchup, it is Josh Heupel coming in here. Tennessee has a rejuvenated offense. It's got one of the better offenses in the country. I feel like if if you can score points, you're gonna give yourself a chance to make this competitive. Now Tennessee has some injury concerns coming into this football game. When you look at the Volunteers um, from a from an Alabama perspective and scouting them and everything, kind of what do you see in terms of the challenges or maybe lack thereof for the Crimson Tide this Saturday? Well, I think the biggest question for uh, us would be: Is Hendon Hooker going to play? And I think that's going to be up in the air probably till game time. I mean, that's going to be some gamesmanship. You don't let everybody know uh, exactly how hurt. Uh, your quarterback is or anybody for that matter so that you have to prepare for different folks it makes a lot of sense um if it is joe milton uh, i feel like alabama could create a lot of turnovers uh, I, joe milton look has a really powerful arm uh he has shown it on several occasions even when he doesn't need to and um even when he overthrows very fast receivers i like tennessee's talent i do i think that they are getting better I, they are much better than I thought they were going to be. I'll be honest with you. I, I thought they may finish last in the SEC East when they had all these transfers. Um, the recruiting was uh, rather mediocre, uh, at least by SEC standards. I, I thought Tennessee was going to have a lot of problems. 
And then they go and they, you know, they hang with Pittsburgh for a while and Pittsburgh's turned out to be a real thing. Uh, they go and they uh, destroy Missouri. Missouri's awful. I don't care. Did Tennessee looked good making them look awful. And then, of course, they do the same to South Carolina. And, and then they play uh, Ole Miss tooth and nail. So I, I feel like Tennessee's – I don't know what Tennessee's super good at. I know their running game has been good. Uh, but, again, I have to size that up against some of the competition. Um, they don't have a lot of receivers that just jump off the page at me. And um, defensively, I don't know a ton about them there either, except – that I know Henry Toa Toa, who I loved last year at Tennessee and was sick that he uh, went to Tennessee instead of Alabama. I was glad to have him at Alabama. But that being said, that being said, Toa Toa has not had the impact I thought he would have coming to Alabama. I should note that. Um, but you know what? I, I don't really know what to think about this team. I think this is a, a good week to play after what just happened on last Saturday's game because it feels like this is a complete unknown. Who's Tennessee's quarterback going to be? What's the mindset going to be? Who is who is potentially going to step up and be a star for the balls in this game? I mean, there are so many unknowns, and I, I could make the same case there's some unknowns for Alabama too, but I think Tennessee is coming in as maybe the biggest question mark in the SEC because they have the potential to scare some folks. And, and you know, I don't think Tennessee could beat Georgia. I'm not sure they can beat Alabama. Um, but I think about everybody else in the conference, Tennessee could beat if they show up and play their best. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. Again, if you have an offense, can go, and all you need is a few stops on defense. I mean, it, it's that simple when it comes down to it, especially uh, in today's football and what Josh Heupel's done. Even at times at the beginning of the season, when you were overthrowing receivers like crazy, I mean, receivers have been running wide open all year long because yeah. of the scheme Josh Heupel's been doing. Tennessee's been able to run the football, and that's a, that's a big question. Will Tennessee had Tyon Evans, one of the better running backs, really, uh, in the conference this year. Will it be Jabari Small? Will it be a combination of the two? You know, we'll have to see. Tennessee's best offensive lineman, Cade Mays, is a big question mark for this football game. Um, but who's not a question mark for this football game is, for the second week in a row, Tennessee's going to be playing a Heisman hopeful in quarterback Bryce Young. First-year starter, completing passes at 69%, uh, already thrown for over 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um He's a dual-threat quarterback, but certainly does not run like Matt Corral did a week ago for the Volunteers, and, and that's a good thing because Tennessee's defense struggled with that. Uh, what have you seen from Bryce Young so far? I mean, Alabama, it's really it, – it's just a lot of reload. I mean, you've got guys who move on to the NFL, guys that graduate, guys that's got some playing time the last couple of years that just move up and, and just take over. What have you seen in that quarterback so far? I uh, love Bryce Young. I, I think it's kind of a weak year for quarterbacks, to be honest. Um, I do think he's the best quarterback in the country right now. Um, I, I think that you could make the case for somebody like a Caleb Williams, who looks awesome, but he's only played, started one game. Um, I think Matt Corral has a, an argument at times. I think Pickett, the quarterback at Pittsburgh, also has an argument. Um, but I would take Bryce Young. I think he's been – look, everybody thinks, and they should, that Alabama reloads. They do. And they, they've got some stars everywhere. But – they don't have a Devontae Smith this year. They don't have a even a Henry Ruggs, a Jerry Judy. They don't have a Najee Harris. They don't have – shoot, they don't have an Eddie Lacy. Um, Brian Robinson's a nice running back, and he surprised me how well he's played. I did not think he'd be RB1 through the whole year. Um, but Bryce has dealt with all this, and he's played really well. He's thrown very few interceptions, leads the conference in touchdowns with 24. Uh, second only to Will Rogers at Mississippi State, who throws the ball every single time he touches it in terms of passing yardage. 
So I like Bryce Yacht a lot. I want Alabama to take some more deep shots because Jameson Williams is a burner, and I want to see uh, him get a shot to run under the ball a few more times. But overall, it's very difficult for me to complain about Bryce Young. No, he's not uh, as good as Mac Jones was last year, but I think his potential is higher. And you mentioned, hey, he doesn't he's dual threat but doesn't run the ball as much as Matt Corral, and that's a good thing for Tennessee. I think it's also a good thing for Alabama because Matt Corral ran the ball a bunch, and now he may not play against LSU because he's hurt. Yeah. So, And if Alabama lost Bryce Young, that would be a problem. Let me ask you a question about the tight end situation. It got a little bit of attention early on in the year and a little bit in fall camp for Alabama. But you got two guys. Of course, we know the name Jalil Billingsley. You got Cameron Latou as well. Both guys, only 10 receptions on the season, but five touchdowns for Latou. And am I saying his name right, Latou? Yeah. Yeah. Five touchdowns and 10 receptions. So obviously the, the the productivity there is through the roof. How is Alabama utilizing the tight ends? And I feel like with not some of those wide receivers like the uh, you know the Smiths and and everybody that's that's gone on and the Rugs and the Judys and all that. You you can kind of rely on that quote unquote safety blanket that is uh, two dependable tight ends. You know Jaleel Billingsley started the season out in the doghouse. Um, I think this is a kid who's really talented. He's he's arguably uh, the third or fourth most talented player on the roster. I mean Will Anderson's number one. He's an absolute beast. I think he's the best defender in the country. Yeah. But um, but then there's uh, Billingsley is is He's an NFL tight end. There's no doubt in my mind. The problem is I feel like he thought he was an NFL tight end, maybe a little too soon. And there there have been some times, uh, if you watch film on Alabama, when he's not the focal point, it's like he's running about half speed. And um, if he learns to run full speed, I mean, this is a first rounder. He, he's a he's a superstar if he, if he puts the effort out there all the time. I'm not trying to dog him. I mean, I'm just saying that it's tough when you're a teenager or, or early 20s and you go from, you know, Jaleel Billingsley was not a hugely recruited kid. And then he comes to Alabama and he starts showing out some. You know, it, it can go to your head a little bit. So I understand it, but it's time he can be the star that we all know he can be if he'll put his mind to it. Then uh, Cameron Latu is, is a great player. Um, but I'll say this. The last two games, A&M and Mississippi State, both uh, Billingsley and Latu have had their they've, – they've disappeared a little bit. And – um that's concerning because I think they are two very, very talented tight ends and Alabama needs to use them. But Latu had a big drop in the A&M game that would have been a touchdown. I mean, just literally just dropped it. And um, Alabama had to settle for a field goal. And, of course, we know Alabama ended up losing by 30. Yeah, last thing I, I want to ask you here before we hit the reset, we talk more on the other side. Uh, you mentioned that defense. You already mentioned Henry T., a former Tennessee linebacker. Uh, you know, hit on him a little bit. Exactly why has he been the letdown uh, or maybe not made as much of an impact as you originally thought he would? Also, Will Anderson, Christian Harris. I think Anderson, again, like you said, is one of the best defenders in the country. Of course, you got Fidelian Mathi- Mathis. You got a veteran secondary that they all have at least one interception, it seems like. It looks like it's not as dominant, per se, numbers-wise, as years past, but it's still a great unit, second the SEC and pretty much uh, almost everything behind Georgia. Uh, that defense, especially at times early on when the offense might have been trying to find its rhythm, trying to find a click a little bit, that defense has been solid all year long. They, they've been pretty solid, uh, A&M notwithstanding. But, yeah, um, yeah and you're right, Federian Mathis, and I will not – I refuse to call him Phil Mathis. Phil Mathis is my accountant. Federian Mathis is who I want on my defensive line. His name <laughs> just sounds mean. Um, and I said that a year ago on the podcast, and somebody mentioned it on Twitter, and Federian Mathis actually retweeted it, so I was glad he didn't want to fight me over that. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Federian Mathis is he's a dude too. I mean, now he's not Quinnen Williams, but he's good. Uh, you talked about Henry Toa Toa, and and you know, is he a disappointment? I think disappointment would be harsh. But you know, I'll be honest. I, I really I was wanting him to be an Alabama signing class so badly. He goes to Tennessee, and I'm like, I get it. But boy, I, that's a loss because I felt like he's the kind of guy that can really guide a defense. Um, I, he stood out every time I watched Tennessee his first two years, and um, you know, he comes to Alabama, and I thought he would just transition into being uh, Rolando McLean with a little bit better off-the-field attitude, and it hadn't been that way. Now, one uh, new site, one publication named him Defensive Player of the Week for last week, which I thought was kind of ironic because Will Anderson's the one with four sacks. I mean, Henry Toto played well, but Will Anderson should have been unanimously the National Player of the Week for, and on defense. Um, but I, there's some things that he just hadn't – necessarily uh picked up on it's hard to you just have to see it i'm not necessarily an x's nose guy i'm just saying there's some times when i thought boy that that feels like a play that that henry toto i know would make and he didn't make um but that doesn't that doesn't mean he can't pick it up a notch and you know here's the other thing he he's also being compared to other fantastic inside linebackers so i mean maybe we're all being a little too hard on it and i will say this though if you had told me three months ago that the the instant uh, impact transfer and, and both of them have had an impact, but the the more uh, star studded impact would be from Jameson Williams versus Henry Toto. I would have told you you're crazy, but Jameson Williams has clearly been the bigger impact of the two. It's funny about Henry T. You know something he did so well here at Tennessee was tackles for loss. Um, you know, among the league leaders in his first two years, each year in TFLs around the SEC, only two and a half TFLs so far this year for Alabama. I was shocked when I looked at that stat earlier in the week, but uh, no doubt he's right there in the middle, and he's a guy that's helped leading that, that Crimson Tide defense all season long. Uh, we will talk more on Tennessee and Alabama the third Saturday in October on the other side, but first, Rock Auto, the, the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. So, why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning uh, while the wait for the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers and you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using rockauto.com. Don't choose to spend up to 30 or sometimes even 50% more on the same parts from your chain store or car dealership. You can go to rockauto.com, a family-owned business that's been serving it online to customers and the uh, the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. RockAuto.com, the prices are always reliably low for every single customer, and you can go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go right now to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car and your truck. Right locked on on the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit my friends at RockAuto.com and Back and better than ever, the new web interface and the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this year. You can head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, to baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, Right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And remember, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code 
Locked On. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, Eric. Um, look, for our last segment, and we'll go a little bit quicker because we've run over in the first segment, but I, this is what I really want to ask you. What are your thoughts on the rivalry with Alabama as it stands? Look, it was, I mean, nip and tuck until Nick Saban got there. I think it was 43 uh, wins for Alabama, 38 wins for Tennessee or something like that. And now it's 14 wins in a row for Alabama. I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound. I'm just calling it like I see it. Uh, You've got a country Western star to be singing songs about how uh, Alabama beats Tennessee every year since 06 and his girlfriend from Alabama broke up with him. I don't know if you've heard this. You've I hate Alabama song. Have you not heard that? Oh, I have actually. I have. Okay. Yeah. You, you looked, yeah, people don't, people well, don't. I, I, someone, yeah. Someone uh, sent it to me. It's, it's new, right? Yeah. Someone sent it's, it to me new. like, like a week ago or whatever it was. And so, yeah, I did see that actually. It's, a, it's catchy. It's, I gotta say it's catchy. I mean, and he's right. We do yell roll tide to people with wearing a Braves hat. We do do that. I'm sorry. I mean, he's right. He, he got us nailed. Um, but, you know, the point is it, uh, th- that it seems like, you know, the rivalry may have lost some of its luster. I personally don't believe it has. I still love playing Tennessee every single year, not because we've won 14 in a row, but because it, I'm a traditionalist. And I think that it can, you know, it's still fun every single year. Um, what are your thoughts on the status of the rivalry and the future of the rivalry? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, it, it matters to people. I mean, it really, really does. It it matters to people. I, I think Tennessee fans know that the, the way the last decade, you know, 12 years have gone for the University of Tennessee, it's, it's, been, it's been rough sailing. I mean, it has. A lot of these years you go in knowing that you are double-digit underdogs. This year, no difference. Um, I do think this year is a little bit different because at least you feel like you got a fighting chance. The three years under Jeremy Pruitt, you just didn't have an offense that that ran, that was innovative, that that could score in a hurry, um, that was really going anywhere. And, and that's completely different this year with Josh Heupel. And he's playing with house money right now. So it is different. But you still understand that Alabama is, is heavily the favorite. Alabama is Alabama. And Tennessee right now is Tennessee in terms uh, of the rebuild, the stage of the rebuild. But it matters to people here. Um, you ask people who who's Tennessee's biggest rival, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, whatever the case may be, you're going to get Alabama the majority of the time. And, and we have the conversation, too, because, uh, of course, Alabama is the permanent crossover division opponent for Tennessee every single year. So it's like the last decade plus, it's just an extra loss for Tennessee because of Nick Saban, everything he has going. But if you poll Tennessee fans and say, hey, would you rather take Alabama off the schedule? They'll tell you no. They'll say no. It's Alabama. Again, That this this game has been played pretty much every year for, you know, for so long. And so it means something. And, um, you know, I, I view it as a robbery game. Josh Heupel views it as a robbery game. Nick Saban said on Wednesday on the SEC teleconference, he views it as a robbery game. So I think it still has that luster. It's just in terms of the on the field production, specifically the last five years, it just hasn't been a ball game. And you, and you hope that Tennessee can turn that tide, no pun intended here pretty soon before actually being you know competitive and trying to, you know, knock off Alabama here in the years to come. Heck, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen on Saturday. I'm not picking the volunteers to do it, but you never know. It's college football, but you need that to start trending back in the other direction because it's just not been, it's not been good games the last couple of years. You're right, buddy. And uh, look, best of luck to you guys the rest of the time. And I certainly do appreciate your time today. And uh, we will talk again sometime shortly. And look, congratulations to you. For those who don't know, Locked on Vols, 
uh, we get a newsletter every single week and you guys are always near the top in terms of performance. So uh, kudos to you. I mean, you're doing a hell of a lot better than we are. You actually have a microphone. That's fantastic. Dude, I, hey man, it's uh, I appreciate it. I was I was given um, Josh Ward, former host, got it started, got this thing rolling, and uh, they just haven't abandoned me yet. So I'm very appreciative of that. But uh, it's a blast. Love what I do, and uh, just trying to put on a good show for everybody involved in Locked On. So it's uh, it's been a whole lot of fun, and obviously, you know, for you guys, pretty easy doing a show whenever you guys are winning as much as you are. So I know that there's a lot of people that are just excited about uh, the content every day from you guys as well. You know, I don't know. You say it's pretty easy, but it's funny. I go out of my way to be a little more negative about Alabama because um, I'm, boy, it, it, it seems like everything is always so positive that I'm yeah. like, we need to come back down to earth a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you, I think our show would have been even more popular during the Dubos, Franchoni, Shula, Mike Price years because um, that was before podcasts were a thing. And I used to go off on rants just into my own pillow. So, I mean, I know I could have gone off into a rant into a podcast. That is one thing about Tennessee, man. Listen, it's it's such a passionate fan base, such a loyal fan base. And, and I love them so much because they affect everything I do career-wise. Uh, but there's always something going on. I mean, Saturday, last Saturday, if that wasn't evidence enough, there's always something going on. And the Jeremy Pruitt saga this week. So. Um, yeah, they, show prep, show programming, absolutely, but there's always content. All right, bud, if I don't see you uh, at the game on Saturday, maybe I'll get to see you at Top Golf or something like that. You can bring the golf balls. Hey, sounds good, man. You know, I'm always carrying, right? <laughs> All right, buddy, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you.